What's going on everybody? It's your boy JVD and we're back at it again with another episode of the FPL and Wine podcast. What's up guys? Jason here. Jay, what a game week it has been. West Ham are in a bit of a crisis. Liverpool seem lifeless and Leeds are starting to play the kind of football that is priceless. That was good, man. Nah, I have nothing to say. (laughs) That was good. I think I practiced that maybe five times, six times in my head. Nice, bro. Nice, nice. But uh, anyways, man, a lot of points. Not for me. Yeah, so we have a wild card in play this episode, guys. Um, but yeah, a lot of a lot of points here and there. Um, some surgery that needs to be done. And a lot of teams, maybe, a lot of wild cards actually are going to be played around the FPL community. So I think this is going to be a great episode. And we'll just dive in right into the talking points. Yep, for sure. So we'll go through our... our uh game week recap talk about some of the games that went on uh, a little bit of a preview differentials um, how we did on our last week's uh, differentials and then transfers captaincy and um, yeah wrap it up um, yeah I how'd you do this week first of all before we get into the the meat and potatoes so I played my wild card card last week um, for those of you that don't know 63 points on the board all the guys hit all my differentials hit which was nice so yeah no great week for me yourself yeah, I got 33. Um, my my back six got a grand total of four points. And then the only other players to return in my team was Salah, who I had capped, uh, Haaland and Jesus. So not a very good week. <laughs> and I had Andreas and Bailey on the bench. So honestly, couldn't have really... I don't think I would have started them over anyone else on the team. So can't really complain too much about that. But yeah, the back five just... You had no points at all from them. Um yeah, let's just jump right into the games. Uh, Spurs versus Wolves. Nice 1-0 for Tottenham. Um, Perisic coming on with the start. Got an assist. Uh, do you see that, you know, he gets consistent starts there moving forward? Um, did you see anything with Kane's positioning? Um, and then even like Sun, do you do you think that they're going to be a consistent attack moving forward, I guess is my main question. Or do you think it's mainly better to just invest maybe in, in the defenders rather than spending $12 million on Son and Kane when they're, if they're only going to 1-0 in a lot of games. Yeah, so Spurs players are a lot of the players that most FPL managers do not have apart from maybe a Perisic or a Kane. Um, so let's start with Perisic first. Uh, he did get to start. He got the points. When he starts, he will deliver and he will be very explosive. It depends on the type of manager you are. If you want to take a risk and have a guy that will start some games and not start some games but take the risk, go for it because he will bang. I'm not that guy, so I, I'm opting out of him. I'm more kind of like a Doherty guy. But if you like that risk, take him. Because as you can see, the, the assist the assist to Kane was, was class. I mean, a, a back flick header, and then Kane popped it in, right? So when he starts, he's going to deliver. It's just a question of those midweek games that are coming up, as well as Champions League. Yep, yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, and then what about, like, Sun and Kane? So I, I'm just looking at the shot map. Like, Kane had four shots all in the box. Sun had three shots all in the box. Um... Would you would you consider going there um, potentially? Like you know, I'm on wild card, so I I'm debating a little bit between like uh, Kane, Holland, and like KDB and Son. Like those are kind of the the toss ups I have in my team right now. Uh, do you see anything there that would convince you to go off Holland onto Kane or um, like onto Son even in a midfield uh, position? So first question. Uh, no, I would stick with Haaland because Haaland's playing for a team that created a lot more chances, and he did have fig. Sorry, he did have four big chance goal involvements. Okay. Last game against Newcastle, but he only scored one goal. Whereas Kane and Son, 
they both occupy a lot of the chances where most of the chan- chances fall to one player on City, and that's Haaland. Whereas Kane and Son, they're constantly competing to get goals. Um, and it's just, it's a little bit of, it's going both ways. I also think that you should keep Haaland this week and not go to Kane. Maybe go go to Kane next week only because Haaland against Palace is, is definitely a, a good game as well. In terms of Spurs, though, Son and Kane, I feel like there's much better options all over the board. If you look at the forward bracket, you have Mitrovic, you have Tony, you have Jesus. You look at the midfield bracket, you have Zaha, you have ASM, you have Kulusevski. You have all these guys that are providing real value that are way more cheaper than Son and Kane. So it's really hard. At the start of the season, a lot of people were discussing premiums, which premiums to have, this and that. And Of course, it's risky going off them. But I feel like if you have Salah and you have these other guys that are on pens like Zaha, Wilson, Mitrovic, Tony, Gross, even you can you can get away with that. Uh, a lot a lot to think about there. Yep, for sure, for sure. No, a hundred percent. And yeah, I I I'm pretty much with you on that. I I do think that there's other teams, especially namely City, that just have like just so much more consistency in terms of how many goals they're gonna score per game compared to City. Uh, compared to uh, Tottenham. That I I think yeah you're you're probably probably spot on on that just going with Holland uh, there okay uh, moving on uh, unless there's anything else you wanted to discuss on that uh, just wolves wolves Guaedes is classified as a midfielder in the game although he plays striker for wolves he's six million one to monitor and keep on your watch okay no problem okay let's move on real quick uh, Palace and Villa uh, I mean my my main question with this game just looking at the XG Villa's results. Um, are Villa just like complete whipping boys, and like is Stevie G like there's a bit of a crisis there? Because that's what it kind of seems like to me. Um, Palace put up almost three xG, which is uh, just looking down the list. That's like one of the highest on the weekend, apart from uh, Man City. Um, so it looks like they were just creating chances at will. Uh, there's multiple, multiple shots in the box. There was a penalty that was missed or saved rather. Um, lots of good chances for Palace, and yeah, a bunch of goals. Uh, yeah, what did you see there? Did you watch any of the highlights? Did you watch any of the game? Like, what's what are we looking at? Zaha kind of had a hat trick. I've been watching Zaha since game week one against Arsenal, and even if that game finishing finished two zero against Arsenal, Zaha had a lot of chances to score. He created a lot as well, and everything goes through him. Him, he's kind of like he's at that level where Grealish was with Ashton Villa, where every they're, they're just looking for him on that side. And he's just the sole creator. He's on pen, something Grealish wasn't on at the time. I think this guy is the real deal and someone that if you're on wildcard, you should, I think you should get. Of course, he's playing City this week, but even then, when they're playing the top six, they set up in a counter and everything is going towards Zaha anyways. Right. Um, I, I think he's an absolute fantastic option at 7.1 million. He's only going to go up. I wouldn't be surprised if he's eight by the by the end of the season, but he's a much better option um, than, for example, maybe a Madison or a Kluzevsky. I think this game week confirmed it for me. Um, in terms of Ashton Villa, I don't know. I mean, I would say West Ham are in more trouble than them, but Stevie G is still trying to play with his players, and he doesn't know if he likes the front two with Ings and Watkins or if he wants Coutinho and Buendia. He still hasn't found his right lineup, and because of that, they're struggling at the moment. Yeah, I don't I don't like that from an FPL perspective when you don't know who's actually going to be in the 11, like when the manager doesn't really seem to know. Um, you want that consistency of uh, who's playing. So yeah, I mean on that on that note, yeah, I'm just gonna avoid Villa for the foreseeable future, um, and their fixtures are horrible too. So yeah. Um, anyways, moving on from that, uh, you want to talk about Fulham and Brentford? That was a three-two game. Lots of attacks there. Uh, maybe they're both teams that we could target defensively. Um, 
But in terms of their forwards, they have two interesting options, Mitrovic and Tony. Um, I mean, personally, I, I, I lean towards Tony. That's just me. But what do you think in that debate? So right now I have Tony, and I agree with you. If I had to choose between the two, I would choose Tony. But now I've done more calibrating, more thinking, and there's a possibility of owning both and maybe even dropping Haaland. Now that's a risk, but we're looking at two strikers that are going to play every minute of the Premier League most likely, apart from injury. They're on pens. They're not in Champions League football, something Haaland is in right now, but Haaland is just a lot of money. If you bring Mitrovic down or Haaland down to Mitrovic, that, that opens up so many possibilities of maybe a Zaha or an ASM or, or a Robertson in your defense. So in terms of your question, Jay, I would choose Tony, but they're both the same to me almost. If anything, Mitrovic is, they both offer something different. Mitrovic, you have to f- remember, Mitrovic scored two goals against Liverpool. Liverpool's, st- of course, they're in bad form, but they're still not a bad defense, right? On paper. Right. Mitrovic's next four games are kind of hard. The, the, I think they play like Spurs, um, um, Nottingham, or, or maybe Brighton, and another two challenging teams. But after that run, maybe around game week eight, if you want to make that switch from Tony to Mitrovic, you can. But I wouldn't mind the double up either. I think they're both fantastic options. I got you. I got you. Okay, and what about what about the goalkeeper? Like, um, I mean, conceding two point nine xG is not really great for Raya. Raya, moving forward, uh, is that someone who you would be looking at on wildcard, or do you think? I mean, their fixtures are really good. So, especially up till game week sixteen when we get the World Cup wildcard. So, what do you think there? Like, um, just kind of stick with stick with Raya. Yeah. So Raya is someone that I brought in on my wildcard. Uh, I did get some decisions right on that wild card. Raya was not one of them, only because he does make a lot of saves and he will accumulate save points. But I just think at that 4.5 million bracket, Sanchez is the best option. Okay, He's playing with a Brighton defense that has been around the league. They're a great team. Graham Potter doesn't like to concede goals. They actually have good defenders. Dunk is there. Caicedo, they have a great center defensive mid. You know, there's structure there in that defense. I feel like with Brentford, they try and attack, which is good, but they're always going to be leaky in that defense. Yeah, okay. And let's just look at the fixtures. It's not bad at all for Sanchez either. Brentford have the better fixtures, I think, but no, uh, I don't think Brighton's too far away. But if I had to choose one over the other, it would be Sanchez, then Raya. But they're both good options. Okay, okay. I got you. I got you. Um, All right, moving on. Um, Let's look at Leicester and Southampton real quick. Kind of a like pretty pretty wet noodle game 2-1 to Southampton um what do you see from these two teams yeah so Leicester since pretty much midway midway through last season coming into this year kind of very very shaky not looking the best not really creating too much with just 0.24 xg um what do you see there from these two teams I see two teams in which you should target players playing against these teams I feel both defenses are weak uh Leicester obviously Fofana, there's some situation going on there. I think he's leaving. They have the whole goalkeeper situation. Danny Ward stepping in, but it's not the best goalkeeper at the moment for the club. You have Southampton as well, who obviously were victorious, but they are still leaky as well, right? So I wouldn't really look at any assets from these teams. Of course, Madison is is uh, someone that's probably one of the best assets there. Che Adams, obviously. Yeah, he's just going to tick along, I think, Maddo. Che Adams, obviously. Um, providing some goals but i think at those price points you can you have better options like zaha that i mentioned and also mitrovic and tony got you who are around che adams price bracket right yep. so 
Um, nothing much to talk about there except for United play Southampton next and Chelsea play Leicester. So if anything, I would target players from United and Chelsea. Got you. Got you. Okay, Bournemouth Arsenal. Um, I just want to touch real quick on Arsenal because it just seems like they're going to blow away all the all the teams outside of the top six, maybe top seven. Um, they've got their system like fully in place now. Arteta's playing the football he wants them to play. Um, and Jesus looks like an absolute maniac. So with that said, I mean... Going with Martinelli, Jesus, and a defender, or the goalkeeper, I think just seems like a no-brainer to me at this point on wildcard, especially because they ju- they're just so cheap. Like, you get Martinelli for six point four, Saliba, Ben White, um, Zinchenko, or uh, what's his name, Ramsdale. Ramsdale, there you go. Um, any of those are great options. I don't see a problem with picking any of them. Even Gabriel, who's got more of a set piece set. Um, yeah, just go with three Arsenal. Don't think about it. I think that's pretty straightforward. Anything else to add there? Anything on Bournemouth? Just absolutely nothing on Bournemouth. Okay, uh, Leeds Chelsea. Yeah, uh, a game where I think there were a few eyes on because a lot of people were looking at Cucurella, James, um, but on the contrary, you have Rodrigo Harrison and Aronson. One thing to say to Edward Mendy, buddy, you're not Johan Cruyff, so don't try and do any more Cruyffs in your own six-yard box. It's it's not gonna end well for you and. Aronson was having a laugh that day, right? Dude, he didn't even look at the left side. That's what that's what I think would have pissed off the the manager the most, right? You want to see the player scan before he does a Cruyff in his own box, but um, yeah, that that was that was tough to see. And then they just kind of crumbled from there, right? Uh, the first goal goes in. They're just a little bit shaky after that. Um, yeah, what do you think about Chelsea defense as a whole, though? Like, do you think that was just a one-off, most likely? No, I do not. I feel that because there's no Engolo Kante or Mateo Kovacic, they are going to struggle defensively. If you look at that, Koulibaly also got a red card as well, which means Kukurella will shift into that left center-back slot. Ben Chilwell will come in, who I think is actually a massive, massive differential. But I feel like, in terms of Kukurella, his attacking... Kind of appeal has just gone on the window. Only for now because Koulibaly has that red. I think Chilo will come back in. But I wouldn't double up on their defense. I would actually stay away. And I've on my wild card, I brought in both James and Cucurella. So Cucurella is someone I'm looking at moving out. Um, but I wouldn't double up. So if if if, you, if you're on wild card, uh, don't double up on Chelsea. Just bring in James because I still think he's as explosive. Yeah, as yeah that was my question. Like, would you keep James at 6.0? Um, given the fact that we think their defense is going to continue to be shaky. To be honest, their next three fixtures are like really, really good. All teams that have really struggled and we kind of targeted as teams to uh, like kind of captain against or play player guys against Leicester, Southampton, West Ham. So I'm pretty, I, I have Cucurella in my current draft. I'm pretty happy holding him, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, moving on, uh, Brighton slapped up West Ham. West Ham are not looking the greatest. Um, did you see anything there from an FPL perspective? You said you really like Brighton in terms of a defense, being a cohesive unit, and having good individual defenders as well. Um, would you pick up anyone other than the goalkeeper, potentially, or is that all we're looking at here? Yeah, so I mentioned earlier that Gross was on pens. He's actually not on pens, so that was my mistake. McAllister's the one on pens. Uh, I think Welbeck is someone that you can monitor as well. Uh, I'm not sure what his price point is, but if I had to choose between Welbeck and Mitrovic, it would definitely be Mitrovic, right? Um, and then Sanchez. So I would look at Sanchez, Gross, Welbeck, but that's about it from Brighton. Yeah, I also see Leandro Trossard had like six shots in the box or something, so that's pretty good. Um, but yeah, I, I think I, I'm I'm also with you on that. I, I like Gross 
the best, even though he's not on pens. Yeah, and then there's nothing really to touch too much on West Ham. Obviously, they're at the bottom of the table. No goals, a few, uh, a lot conceded. So, David Moyes is in a little bit of a pressure situation. So, let's see how they react before going there. Okay? Now, before we move on to the Newcastle-Man City game, I just wanted to touch on Leeds United. Uh, Jason, if you had to rank Rodrigo, Harrison, and Aronson, how would you do it? One, two, and three. I would probably go Rodrigo first. Um, just because he has that potential to play at striker, even though um, Bamford will likely come back, take that striker spot back, and push him back to the ten, um, I just I just like the idea of having the guy that has the potential to play striker. Harrison, I honestly did like Harrison and Aronson. A bit of a toss up there. Um, I guess it kind of depends on your budget. If you have the extra bit to spend on Harrison, I would go there. Um, just because it seems like I don't know, Aronson might have a little more. Of a rotation risk, uh, Harrison's been there for a few years. He's practically like one of the leaders in the team. Um, I could see Aronson getting shifted out here and there uh, to make some room, but yeah, I mean, like their prices are so kind that you could go with any three of the three, depending on your budget, and just be completely fine. As far as I could, yeah, tell. no, the players have really, really listened to Jesse March in terms of his philosophy and vertical football. They have really implemented that into their first three games. We don't see as many sideways passes. We see a lot of pressing from Aronson, Harrison, and Rodrigo. So uh, keep them keep them in your thoughts. I think Rodrigo is definitely a must-have at this point. And I wouldn't even mind the double-up. Uh, Harrison might be too expensive for the double-up, but Aronson could be there as well. I just think they're a young, f- fluent, attacking team that like to get on the break, like to create, like to score, like to press. And there's nothing more than you... There's nothing more... That you want in an FPL asset, right? And in terms of shifting, uh, Dan James would be the one that gets shifted, right? And then Aronson and Rodrigo and Harrison should be that three behind Banford when fit. All right, moving on. Uh, Newcastle versus City looks like a crazy game. Um, yeah, what do you think? What's what's the thoughts there? It looks like there was a ton of shots on both sides, lots of chances created. Um, Callum Wilson almost had a, a big one right at the edge of the uh, six-yard box. It looks like on the other side... Holland had like a bunch of chances, um, some stuff for Ruben Diaz from a set play. Crazy game, looks like overall. Yeah, so let's start with Newcastle. I think Trippier and ASM are the ones to, to kind of target. Trippier uh, being creative on all set pieces, and ASM was just a menace. I think uh, Kyle Walker didn't know what, what to do with him, right? Yep, and what about that set piece, man? That goal, free kick, holy... Yeah, he did it in, I think, a World Cup final, uh, semifinal, and now he's doing it here back in the Premier League. So, no, Trippier, I, I brought in Cucurella on my wild card, right? And I think you had or have Trippier, so I definitely think uh, he's, he's at 5.1 now. I think he'll just keep going up. Uh, he's just a set pieces, and it's not just set piece. He has quality in those set pieces. He's a great set piece taker. He's a defender. He likes to get forward. He's playing under a manager that likes to attack in Eddie Howe. So, yeah, I would go there. I would go there. Uh, just monitor Wilson. I think he had a hamstring problem. So, if you guys are looking at bringing him in, just check the status of his injury. Sounds good. Sounds good. And then United winning yesterday against Liverpool. Completely against uh, a lot of our predictions. A lot of predictions that were running around. Could have been more goals even. Elanga should have scored that right-footed one. What do you see from... I, I mean, mainly I'm just looking at Liverpool because Trent Robertson double up. Yeah, not looking too hot in terms of keeping goals out. Like, Trent just kept getting done on his side. And I, I don't know. I just didn't think they looked very convincing at all. They're lacking a lot of players. 
um, that normally chip in for them off the bench. I mean, their bench players are starting like Harvey Elliott uh, and Jota as well out, so their front three didn't have a little bit of that spark that they normally do. Uh, what did you think there? Yeah, so as I mentioned in the beginning of the podcast, Liverpool do seem a little bit lifeless. I feel that although there is some frustration between FPL managers and Liverpool assets, this week, this upcoming week, is not the week to sell your Liverpool assets because they play Bournemouth at home. There will be a reaction. Yeah, the run of fixtures. There will be a reaction, and there will be three points, and it's there for the taking. Robertson, Trent, Salah, don't overthink it. Now, long-term, yes, it's something to monitor, but I just think this is the week to not throw out your Liverpool assets. If you have them, if you have a Robertson, if you have a Diaz, just relax, stay calm, don't sell them because they're playing Bournemouth at home. Um, so that's that. In terms of United, listen, let's like I'm I'm happy for for us, for the fans, for the manager, for the players. Let's not let's not get too um excited. Obviously, we're playing a Liverpool team that are kind of depleted at the moment, coming to Old Trafford. Um, so I'm happy with with Rashford, you know, Alanga, Martial. Obviously, Ronaldo was benched and came on around the 80th minute or 86th minute. So. I don't know. I mean, I'm happy for everyone. And uh, I think um, we, you and I were talking yesterday about Malasia, right? At 4.4 million. Yeah, he's interesting. He's was a, he playing in the midfield? No, he was. He was. I guess you could call him a left wing back at best, but he was He was left back, pretty pretty comfortably left back. And then what did you think about the new center back partnership? Um, I mean, I definitely think it's positive, positive signs, just being able to, you know, have someone that's even just willing to drop Maguire. Uh, when he's having a bad run of games, that's I think that's the main thing. Even Shaw, like, you don't want people to be untouchable. Um, I think Maguire can find his place back into the team eventually, um, especially given how injury-prone Varane is. Um, but, yeah, I just definitely liked the idea that, you know, everyone's not untouchable in this team. There's going to be chopping and changing, figure out what works for them, you know? And then just quickly going back to Manchester City, just looking at the asses, a lot of people have Cancelo and Haaland. I wanted to get your take on Ilkay Gundogan. He's a great shout. It's just that, um, you know, you might as well go for Zaha for 0.4 million less uh, or 0.3 million less, I think. Um, It doesn't make sense to me to spend on someone who's, like, questionable in terms of his, like, I I mean, I guess he's starting, but he's getting subbed every game. I might, I would, I would rather go for the guy that's going to get 90 every game and get someone like Zaha, especially playing further forward, all that, all that good stuff. And then lastly, there will be a lot of talk in the coming weeks due to the midweek fixtures between Haaland and Kane. Yep. I think this week is not the week to sell Haaland, but what are your plans with Haaland going forward? Are you looking at that switch to Kane? Because Kane's not, he's scoring, but the fixtures are there. So I just want your take on that. What's the, what's what's kind of your plan there? Uh, so let's just change over to my wildcard talk then, because I think that's probably going to be the next big bulk of the episode anyways, yeah? Yep. So I actually, I put KDB in. Um, on wildcard over Haaland or Kane. That's who I've, I think, kind of earmarked as, you know, I, I just I just like the security of minutes from KDB um, over over uh, Haaland. And I like the fact, that, I, I mean, I just hate that Kane plays so deep. Like, if you look at the heat maps from the last few games, he's playing behind um, everyone, pretty much, Perisic, Sun, and Kulu at times. And I, I just don't like that. I would rather get someone who's just involved so much more in every single attacking possession, which is what you get with KDB. Um, and yeah, like like you said, there's a pileup coming up for City, um, where Pep has come out straight up and said that uh, Holland won't be starting 
every single game when they have three three games in a week. So with that said, I, I'm really happy to move over to KDB and hope that you get maybe, uh, like even if it's just like 25 or 30% more minutes, I would be very happy with that uh, from KDB. Can you please say your wildcard team for the listeners? For sure, for sure. So I've got Sanchez and goal, Ward as the backup. Then we've got Trent, Cancelo, Cucurella, Saliba, and Nico Williams onto the bench. And we've got Salah, KDB, Martinelli, Zaha, Andreas on the bench, and Jesus, Tony, and Greenwood on the bench. Okay. So it's pretty much a 4-4-2 as far as I could see here. Um, we've got pretty decent bench options in Andreas, Nico Williams as the front two, and then Greenwood all the way at the back of the bench. Um, rest of the team is pretty straightforward. I think it goes along with a lot of the stuff we've been seeing in these opening games. Arsenal uh, dominating, um, adding... Cucurella from Chelsea, who again, like that, that's one of the spots that I'm pretty shaky on. I'm not really sure what I'll do there. Um, but yeah, I'm happy to have the Martinelli Jesus double up in attack, Saliba at the back. And um, Zaha was one you just convinced me on as we were talking just now. Um, but yeah, what do you think? Yeah, no, I'm really happy that you have Zaha. I think he's one that you're just kind of keeping your team and absolutely love watching play. Just a fun enjoyable pick to have throughout the season i've, I've always enjoyed owning him and just i know it's, this it's yeah. so unpredictable to like watch him play it's like holy shit this guy just won a penalty out of nothing two to three things i noticed number one of course is uh, reese james is not in your squad uh definitely a risk but if you're prepared to take it then go for it um next would be of uh, i think you're off the triple liverpool which is fine i think yep obviously they might have a field day against bournemouth so, so just be prepared for that but other than that um just have a backup plan in case you need Diaz or Robertson or etc. Um, KDB over Haaland is nice. I think it's a nice a nice little differential. I'm not sure how much or how what's the percentage owned is for KDB. I know Haaland is sixty percent. See KDB is twenty five. Okay. Okay. Yeah. No, I think um, especially the cap against KDB's numbers at home are far more significant than the ROA. So I think it's a great cap in the, for the next two games at Crystal Palace and Nottingham. Would you go there over Salah cap for this week or next week? Yeah, yeah, this week, this week, this week, no. Next week, next week, I'm not, I'm not gonna fuck with that. I'm gonna go KDB cap against. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think this week, um, Salah, although Liverpool are in a little bit of a pickle, he still managed to put up numbers against United when everything was going out of their favor, and that's something you can't mess around with, right? For sure, for sure. And then I think that Tony and Jesus, you're pretty comfortable with that. Yes, I am. Um, but there is there is the need for or the option to go three strikers as well, right? So Mitro. Mitro or yeah, Mitro. I think Mitro is someone that you could just stick in your team as well. It's like a glue guy, like him and Tony. Yep. But it really depends on the formation. If you like the four at the back, then go there as well. Um you yeah. have Cucurella, who is good, but for the next couple of games, he might be playing left center back, right? Yeah, so that's that's kind of where I would make up funds, if anywhere. I mean, it's only 5.1 there that he costs, so I wouldn't be making too much, maybe 0.6. I'll see what I can do with that. Realistically, the only positions that I can, I'm really looking at changing is Zaha, Cucurella, and a third striker, if I want to go there. Um, but again, like we said, I just, I just love watching Zaha play, and I'm really happy uh, to own him, even... Uh, regardless of how how their fixtures look, just based on um, past experience with him and how much I like him as a player. Yeah, man. Um, the other risk is just not having Howland in your team. I know KDB is yeah, of course, one of the best, if not the best player in the league. But in terms of actually chances, 
they fall mostly to Holland, and Holland is capable of bracing each week or even scoring a hat trick each week. I can't say the same about De Bruyne now that Holland is playing, right? But there's always gonna be rotation, and I would also, I would also keep Gundo Gundo in your thoughts as well, just because he's a lot cheaper too. Of course, he's playing maybe deeper, but he does always make those runs into the box, and it's just so much more funds that you get if you have Gundo. And that, that can go elsewhere in your team. So just keep that in mind. I think he's he's him, Zaha, ASM, Mitrovic are all players that are on my watch list. So yeah, man, no, it's a good wild card. I'm happy you activated it. It's gonna be a fun week for you. So can't wait to see what the final result is. Yeah, any differentials you want to talk about? Yeah, so we were spot on with our differentials last week. I'm gonna repeat I'm gonna repeat our differentials. It was well back, De Silva, unfortunately, but then Harrison, Madison, and Zaha. So spot on, and and, uh, let's take a stab at it again. So the first one I have would be Che Adams. uh, In form, two goals against Leicester, playing against a United team that obviously got that spark but are still vulnerable at the back. So I feel like he could uh, get a goal as well. I think you mentioned Chilwell earlier in the episode um, because there's no Koulibaly. So he'll be the the left left back left wing back for Chelsea so that's definitely one to one to have a look at yep and then the next one would be Almiron for me he's playing against a Wolves team that are struggling at the moment it's away but at five million I think he's a good option um yeah so and then transfers I'm rolling I've played my wild card last week so I'm happy to roll and then have two transfers in like I said on my watch list is Zaha Gundo Mitrovic and I think there was one more player that I mentioned but yeah, those three guys uh, for sure. Uh, I'm gonna be looking at and making and seeing how I can uh, bring them into my squad. And then Jason played his wild card, so he's gonna be tinkering all week long. And then captaincy. Yeah, I'm on Mo. I'm just gonna keep. It. And and I'm on Mo as well. I'm on Mo as well. Well, there you have it, folks. Another episode in the books. I'm your co-host Johnny. This is Jason. And this is the FPL and Wine Podcast. Signing off. Peace.